0: Welcome to the seek 23 podcast we're so glad you're here i'm aaron falbo one of the seek mcs and your host for the season this podcast is a place of community collaboration and inspiration created to invite and encourage you deeper into relationship with jesus we can't wait for you to hear today we're hearing from our friends at a walk in the word catholic evangelist and host hector molina is joined by brian miller former Focus missionary and current Director of Evangelization and Discipleship for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Together they reflect upon the scriptural theme for the upcoming SEEK23 conference, which is taken from Mark 10, 49, Fear not, rise, He is calling. Prepare to be inspired and edified.
1: Beloved in Christ, peace be with you. This is Hector Molina, Catholic Evangelist and host of A Walk in the Word my weekly deep-dive Bible study, which explores and unpacks the riches of the Sunday Mass readings. Today's episode is a special one. You see, I have the great privilege of being one of the featured speakers at SEEK 23. SEEK is an annual conference put on by FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, an amazing apostolate. It is by far one of the most dynamic evangelistic, and impactful conferences in the country. This year's event will be hosted here in the Gateway City, St. Louis, from January 2nd through the 6th. In addition to being one of their featured speakers, I have been invited to be one of their featured podcasters. As part of the lead-up to Seek 23, Focuses featuring special episodes from a number of popular catholic podcasts i'm excited and honored to be counted among them now today's episode will not be focusing on the mass readings for this coming sunday that will be featured in its own episode be sure to check that out but no today i will be joined by my friend and fellow evangelist brian miller brian is the Director of Evangelization and Discipleship for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Brian also happens to be a former Focus missionary and has been working closely with Focus in the planning and preparation for Seek 23. In this episode, Brian and I reflect upon our respective faith journeys in light of this year's conference theme, You Are Called. I pray that this fascinating faith conversation edifies and inspires you. It's a pleasure to have you with me, Brian.
2: Yeah, glad to be talking today.
1: I appreciate your time. And what I wanted to do is get a sense from you. The benefit that we have here is that you you spent a few years working for Focus, correct?
2: Yeah, I was a missionary for four years, from 2006 to 2010.
1: Fantastic. So you have kind of a, an insider's sense of focus, a wonderful ministry, a wonderful apostolate, doing amazing work. And what I thought that we would do is kind of riff on the theme for the conference. The conference is focused on the call. You are called. And I wanted to kind of get a sense from you. You can give us kind of a snapshot or a thumbnail sketch Of your own faith journey and how you experienced the Lord's call on your life. I know it's going to edify those who are listening just to get your perspective. Obviously, the conference theme is you are called. Every one of us is called by the Lord. And so if you'd mind sharing a snippet of your own journey and maybe how you experienced the Lord's call in your life.
2: Yeah, my story starts like a lot of stories, which is I was raised Catholic uh, and I grew up here in St. Louis and you know, I I grew up in a home that valued the faith, but didn't really talk a whole lot about the faith. So I always say that faith was something that we talked more about at Grandma's house than we talked about at my house. And you know, my mom was a single mom; she was doing her best, and she was, you know, a nurse. She was working nights a lot, and Grandma would come over and spend the night and take care of us, and and bring us to school. And and Grandma did a lot for us. So my mom was just kind of surviving in so many ways. So and she did a great job, mind you, um, but. But it wasn't something that she had a lot of time and energy for in our own home. Now, we went to Mass pretty much every Sunday and and grew up like that. But what changed things for me was uh, getting into high school. So my freshman year of high school attended a uh, local Catholic school here in town. And, you know, that kind of mad scramble when you're new in high school to try to find a group of friends that you fit in with and, and people who will accept you for who you are. And initially, I just got in with a bit of a rough crowd, and it was a kind of a party crowd and, and folks who were getting into some bad things. And I had had some friends from my grade school who were going to different youth groups and things like that, and they had invited me, but I kind of kept putting off their invitations and saying, no, you know, I got these new friends, I don't need you guys anymore, it's fine. So uh, so it's kind of like such a typical story, right? But they were inviting, 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 and, and I kept saying, no, 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 and um, A little thing happened uh, halfway through my freshman year of high school, which was that Pope John Paul II was coming to town in St. Louis. It was January of 1999. Now, being the average Catholic that I was at (laughs) best— You know, I wasn't like super excited about the Pope coming to town, but I felt like it was kind of one of those things. It's like, if you have a ticket to go see the president of the United States, you're going to go meet the president or go see the president. Because regardless of your politics, you want to respect the office. And as a Catholic, <laughs> that's how I kind of felt about the Pope. Like this would be a cool thing to go do with some friends from from grade school, from church who were going. So um, my mom, you know, again, being the good Catholic she was, got us tickets to go see the Pope. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't go begrudgingly or anything. I was kind of excited to go, but I didn't really know what to expect. And over the course of the next several hours at that papal youth rally in 1999, um, it's just really when my life was, was just completely changed because what happened was, you know, I'd been to hockey games in that same arena. It's the enterprise center in downtown St. Louis now Mm -hmm. I'd been to really exciting, you know, sporting events and things with lots of energy there and. It didn't quite compare with what happened in those hours when the pope was there and you know the lead up the build-up was great and there was all these uh you know the best national speakers i'm sure if you know if this was now they would have had hector molina speaking at this youth rally right like (laughs) all the best speakers all kinds of energy and people who were just trying to share the gospel with us and it was good but what changed was is when pope john paul ii came into the room so He he brought something with him and he brought just a real presence with him. And people who've been with him and who have met him, who've been in his presence can kind of know what that's like. They felt that presence. It's really just the presence of Christ and he brings the Holy Spirit. And uh, so the place erupted and it got loud, as loud as it's ever been, but it wasn't the noise, it was the presence. And in that moment, I just knew that I was missing something in my life. And it wasn't that at that moment I made this decision to follow Jesus for the rest of my life, but it was in that moment I decided... That these people around me have something that I don't. This seemingly really unimpressive man, right? Because at this point, John Paul II is suffering from Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. He's riding in on a golf cart. He's not even walking necessarily under his own power. He's kind of hunched over. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes in his life, he'd be drooling a little bit even at this point. He wasn't physically impressive, but it was just his heart that you could just, he, he just gave it to all of us. He brought the presence of Christ. And so in that moment, uh, I knew that something had to change for me, that the crowd I was going with in the beginning of high school wasn't wasn't where I was called to be, and it wasn't who I was called to be. So, I started that search. So, the next week, my very persistent friend invited me to the youth ministry at their parish, and this time I said yes, and uh, I didn't miss for the next three and a half years of high school to the point where my mom, uh, she always jokes that my punishment when I was in high school is I got grounded from youth group because that became my family. It became the people who were walking with me. So it it was in that moment where I opened up and said yes, and I continued to say yes every step along the way. So it's really been a beautiful discipleship journey in that it wasn't just the one mountaintop moment. It was every little yes. It was every little bit of community along the way, and it was a group of of men in particular being, you know, coming from that broken home, not having my dad in my life growing up. I needed men to invest in me and to teach me and to show me the way, and I mm-hmm. found that, that home in, in youth ministry where I just continued to say yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And then what happened from there as far as your the rest of your high school career, moving into college? What was that trajectory like?
2: Sure, yeah. So I was I was all in, you know, Steubenville conferences and service camps and retreats and all those sorts of things, where I continued again to have that kind of four o'clock moment where we're, we're responding to that call to to come and see. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I knew I wanted to continue on in this kind of ministry journey. So uh, I ended up at Benedictine College up in Atchison, Kansas, which is a phenomenal place for those who don't know about it. I'm sure everyone listening does. It's one of the best Catholic schools in the country, certainly one of the best in the Midwest, and they're just doing phenomenal work in terms of uh, engaging the culture and preparing people to be in the culture and reach the culture in a really powerful way. So mm-hmm. studied theology and youth ministry while I was there. Um, got to study under Dr. Edward Sri, who will be at SEEK, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just really blessed to be surrounded with just really phenomenal people who continue just to push and to challenge and and just to call me to greatness. And really... Um, you know, I guess freshman years were just interesting times for me, right? So freshman year of college had a kind of a similar experience where I came home from college and I met up with some of my high school friends who uh, went off to all their different state universities and things. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, not all of them had stayed on the straight and narrow as well as I had in college. So I went away to school and I had a very atypical freshman experience where I wasn't drinking and I wasn't partying. I was doing ministry events and adorations and getting involved in focused Bible studies and things like that. Mm-hmm. But my friends who had gone away to state schools, they had a very different experience where they were dropping their faith and getting into the party scene. So we met up over Christmas break and uh, hung out with them some and was kind of like tugged back into that temptation to, to the party scene a little bit and probably dipped my toes in it a little more than I would have wanted. And I remember going back to Kansas City. This would have been uh, January of 2003. Mm-hmm. The Focus Conference was in Kansas City. and I think it was like 700 people there, the Sheridan Hotel. And I just remember sitting in adoration I was in the very last row. Um, and just staring up at Jesus in the Eucharist and the monstrance. And and it was just that continued invitation, you know, who do you say that I am? Come and follow me. Who do you want to be? Who are you who are you gonna be? And it was it was a moment where I had to continue to respond every step along the way to that invitation to keep walking the walk. And I just remember that as another really pivotal moment of me saying, I have a choice right now. and I'm gonna to continue to double down and accept the invitation of Jesus and let him do the work in my life to form me into the man that he's calling me to be. So mm. I have a really soft spot in my in my heart for these conferences. And the one coming up here in St. Louis is such a gift because it's been really important and powerful in my own life. And I've seen it in the lives of of students I worked with. So I continued on at, at Benedictine, was involved in Bible studies and leading Bible studies. and in focus. And I um, eventually accepted that call to be a missionary. You know, for three and a half years, I didn't think I was going to be a focused missionary. One of those folks, like everyone else, like, oh no, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to move back home to St. Louis. The, the pull of family was, was always mm-hmm. very strong uh, to come back to St. Louis and a lot of friends here. Um, but something just finally clicked where I was open again, and just continue to say yes to the Lord. I'm so glad I did because that time as a missionary was just so formative for me. I, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today at the archdiocese. I wouldn't be doing the kind of work I'm doing in evangelization if it wasn't for that. was um, really deep formation of, a, of having a missionary heart that came along with with being a missionary and going out to college campuses.
1: That's beautiful. And where did you do this missionary work?
2: So I served on three expansion campuses in three years. So I think the people, the powers that be at Focus thought I was really good at meeting new people, I guess. So my first year, I served at the University of Nebraska in Omaha. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I was at a new campus in St. Thomas uh, in Houston, Texas. And then I was actually able to come home here at Washington University in St. Louis and work alongside the Catholic Student Center there and do an outreach on campus here in St. Louis.
1: It must have been a very rewarding experience uh, working with, with young adults at a critical stage in their own lives and be able to kind of walk alongside of them and disciple them and just, you know, share the gospel with them. um, You know, that must've been truly enriching for you.
2: Well, it really felt like being able to pay back the gift that I had received mm-hmm. you know, from my own youth minister in high school, from mm-hmm. the, the core team members and the volunteers who had invested in me, from the guys at Benedictine who were two years ahead of me and the missionaries there who invested in me, mm-hmm. and just, again, continued just to walk with me and challenge me in very specific ways that I needed, knowing me and speaking into my life, uh, it, it felt like that opportunity just to do the same, to, do, you know, to, to pay back the gift that I had received, because mm-hmm. um, I know I wouldn't be here without it. So, um, getting to know, you know, I think my only regret is that I did move on pretty quickly from each campus to a new one each year. I didn't get to have like the multi-year walk with some of those guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to trust to hand them off to another missionary and someone else to continue to invest in reaching them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then you're all in on your next spot of the mission. So you're maybe not staying as in touch as you could otherwise. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Lord has given me little, um, little glimpses, I think of some of the fruit along the way. And, and you see the seeds that you planted coming Coming to bloom, and uh, that's really been really been beautiful. And, and guys that that you never would have thought when I left campus that they were going to eventually say yes. But it was the the, the groundwork, <laughs> the seed that was planted yeah. there that eventually came to came to bloom. So it was beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful.
1: Uh, you know, I see some parallels in in my own faith journey as I was listening to you share. You know, just your experience as an adolescent. And kind of a mediocre, as you put it, faith journey experience, mediocre, you know, Catholic, kind of going through the motions. And I identify with that as well because I came from that same kind of an upbringing, cradle Catholic, was an altar server along with my brother and, you know, my family, very invested in the parish. And it was kind of our second home. And then, you know, you reach that point when you're, an adolescent and you've got a little hair growing on your upper lip and you think that you know you're you're a man now and it's time to kind of put away childish things and i went through that phase where i was kind of outgrowing these catholic trappings and so i announced to my mother my parents unceremoniously one sunday morning that i wasn't going to mass that morning with them uh, that I was no longer going to serve as an altar server. You know that I was—I was a man now, and I needed to make my own decisions. It's not that I didn't believe in God, but I didn't feel I needed to go to church and do all these things and jump through these hoops to prove my faith in the Lord. So it was kind of my emancipation. You become a teenager; you want to become independent from those strictures and those structures that seem to to kind of weigh you down. And so I was at that phase. And it's interesting because as disillusioned as I was, I, I really felt badly because my mother was so, you know, crestfallen, heartbroken, you know, tears in her eyes. So I felt so badly I decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one more Sunday. I'll get dressed and I'll go with you this morning. But this will be my last Sunday. So I sat in the back of the church, last pew, arms folded, you know, looking at the watch, saying, Come on, father, hurry up with the homily. This is it. You know, I'm free after this. And then at the end of the Mass, the Father invites us to stand. He's doing the final prayers, and then he invites us to sit down. It's like, okay, announcement time. Come on, let's, let's go through this quickly. And just as they got to the last announcement, I'm thinking I'm home free, he calls up someone to come up and give an announcement. And I'm like, oh, come on. So he calls up this young lady that I had never seen before, and I'm, I'm kind of watching her as she's making her way up to the lectern to give this announcement and I don't recognize her, and she's beautiful. So I'm kind of staring and and listening in rapt attention as she says, my name is so-and-so, I'm from the youth group from the parish down the road, we're part of a youth movement, and we're here to start a youth group in your parish. So we invite all the young people after Mass to come join us in the annex of the parish so that you can learn more about what we're gonna do. It's gonna be amazing. So what happened next was, I felt a deep conviction that i had a moral obligation to go to that meeting (laughs) so (laughs) i went to my parents told them
2: no other motives at all right no other
1: motives just i i just felt this moral obligation to be there so i i told them don't wait up for me for lunch i'm going to head over to this meeting Uh, i'm sure my mother you know did one of those high fives to the lord saying thank you jesus so i went to that meeting and similar to your experience I got around these young people that were peculiar in that they were so joy-filled, they were so serene, they had so much peace, and just, they had a quality or qualities that I had never experienced in other young people, and that just intrigued me, you know? They just had a love for the Lord, they weren't strange, but there was just something otherworldly about them, And, and that just intrigued me, and I wound up the next Sunday going back to Mass, after mass, we'd meet with them. And this was for weeks and weeks, months past. And I just knew that I wanted to be around these young people. They had something that I didn't. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just knew that they radiated something otherworldly. It was it was a joy that I, I, at that point in time, did not know. And then they popped the question. They said, who among <laughs> you wants to go on a retreat? Didn't know what a retreat was, but I looked into the face of that beautiful young woman that gave the announcement and I felt that moral obligation to volunteer. So I said, Send me, I'll go. And having no clue what I was getting myself into, I was thinking to myself as I walked home that day, Oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? You know, the, at the end of this retreat, they're probably going to to administer an exam like a catholic sat so i've got to go home and i've got to cram because i've got to show them that i know my faith and so that's what i did i mean there was no catechism of the catholic church at that point hadn't come out yet so i pulled out my confirmation notes uh, from ccd I asked my mom, do we have a Bible? She says, hello, We're ca- yes, we have a Bible. So she pulls out <laughs> this 100-pound family Bible that I would open up, read through the Gospels, read most of the New Testament, just trying to beef up my knowledge because I-, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. And I wanted to represent. So I go on this retreat, and much like your experience, as I listened to these young people, my peers, you know these are just you know teenagers, and young adults who were sharing the gospel with me, they just convicted me because I just knew that they had something that I desperately wanted I desperately needed, and that was you know that personal relationship with Jesus, that personal communion with Jesus they were disciples and and I wanted that, and I also came to the realization that that there's a fundamental difference, you know I prided myself. Knowing a great many things about Jesus, but there's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. Mm. And I recognized there and then that that was this situation. I knew a great many things about him, but they knew him. And I wanted desperately to know him. And so that weekend, I I surrendered. I said, Lord, <laughs> I want the joy that they have. I want the peace that they have. I want that 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 zeal that they have for souls i want that and and i remember crying out to the lord from the depth of my soul to to come into my heart and and that that really was the spark for me you know you talk about it's not just one call that you receive but it's it's numerous calls over the course of your lifetime and and i that resonates with me because of that kind of ground level experience of conversion that led to many more <laughs> opportunities to to say yes to Jesus you know so i very much identify with with what you were sharing you know about that and and hopefully for for those listening to recognize that this calling is not a one shot deal it's from grace to grace and from glory to glory and at every stage of your life there're going to be new challenges and and new callings that that must be discerned and embraced and so the, the beauty of you know this kind of a conference, and I think it's just wonderful that you share your story and just how this SEEK conference, this FOCUS conference, had such a profound impact on your life, and I mean, goodness, uh, that was years ago, and now, I mean, we're talking about thousands upon thousands of young people gathering together. It has to be one of the largest Catholic conferences, I would imagine, in the country. It's just amazing, and just the the opportunity for folks to Either encounter the Lord for the first time if they haven't, but then a renewed opportunity. You know, I love what Pope Francis says in Evangelii Galvium. He exhorts Catholics to to renew their encounter with Jesus Christ, and I just think this is such a beautiful opportunity for for each and every one of us to to encounter the Lord anew and to discern his calling for our life. Another.
2: Mm -hmm. Another great line that Pope Francis has in Joy of the Gospel, he talks about that the joy of evangelizing always arises from a grateful remembrance. And it's remembering those moments where we were called. So me sitting here telling my story about 1999, you know, and and by the way, the Pope was in the building where the Sikh conference is going to be held, uh, which is (laughs) going to be a really beautiful thing. Um, Remembering the stories of 2003 and how the Lord continued to call me there. I mean, that makes me want to get people to the conference now because I remember what was going on in my life in those moments. I remember the void, you know, obviously like the great St. Augustine quote that, that you've made us for yourself, Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I know plenty of people with restless hearts, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I know that that is just the, where our society is right now. People are broken. People are hurting. People are, are all over the map and they're, they're trying everything they can except for Jesus oftentimes. So mm-hmm. so I, I know that this can be a pivotal moment for someone, You know, if you just say yes to this opportunity, to this invitation to come meet Jesus, come meet joyful Catholics like you've probably never met before, come down and meet Jesus. And if you've already met Jesus, like you said, to re-encounter him and then to hear from him what he wants for you in your life, because you can't help but go forth and share the good news and evangelize once you remember what he's done for you. And and so by coming to that conference, by coming face-to-face with them in adoration, by coming and, and receiving the training that's going to send us out to be those missionary disciples, uh, It it's going to have an impact in your day-to-day life, not just for those five days in January, but really for every day of your life when you continue to, to rely on the graces you get from this moment to go out and share that good news.
1: That's beautiful. You know, th- the encounter with Jesus is ground zero for our faith as Catholics. Everything is predicated on that. And you can't give what you don't have. You can't possibly share the gospel unless you first impacted by the gospel. You can't share Jesus unless you first encounter Jesus. And this is just such a fundamental principle in evangelization. I know this is something that that you dedicate your your energies on a full-time basis in the archdiocese. Focus does in its capacity. And it's just so beautiful to see that that you all are coming together to, to curate an experience that is going to be a game changer for so many people. So many countless lives will be impacted by the sowing of the gospel, by facilitating an encounter with Jesus. You know, we encounter Jesus, obviously, in and through the sacraments. We encounter Jesus in and through the proclamation and preaching of the gospel, the kerygma, and no doubt that's going to go forth in a powerful way. You have dozens of amazing world-class evangelists and speakers from from all over the country who are going to be pouring into the lives of tens of thousands of young people, and those who are going to be able to tune in virtually. It's going to be a, a Pentecost experience, the outpouring of God's grace upon so many through this event. And, and others will look back as you look back to, the conference that you attended that was a game changer for you. And they're going to say in St. Louis in 2023, there was that encounter, that moment in that place, teeming with enthusiastic young people, on fire Catholics, where I heard the Lord call me. He's summoning us, each and every one of us, not just some of us, all of us, to put out into the deep, to go deeper in our relationship. And so I want to encourage anyone who's listening here to, So please consider attending this SEEK conference. You can find out more information by logging on to SEEK.Focus.org. There you'll be able to get all the information and be able to register. Uh, That's from January 2nd through the 6th. And I understand, Brian, that there's going to be an opportunity for folks virtually. If they can't be here in person, they're able to also log on and participate, correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. They're doing the Seek Where You Are, which they've done with the last couple of years of the um, digital conferences with COVID and all that, but really trying to get as many people here in St. Louis as we can uh, for the event. And really, you know, Focus has been a great partner for us here at the Archdiocese because, you know, the mission of Focus is is not necessarily just about college students, right? The mission of focus mm-hmm. is the mission of the church. And and they think that college students is a great way to achieve that mission of the church to go and make disciples of all nations. But they've been just a phenomenal resource and partner for us to try and, um, you know, they, they want to form people in parishes. So they've got this Making Missionary Disciples track uh, mm-hmm. where people who are in parishes can come and and learn from folks like Dr. Sri and, and folks from other archdiocese and other great evangelists. Uh, what it looks like to take the kind of the, the magic sauce that Focus has developed on the college campus, and they do so well. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to take it in a parish context? Because it does look a little bit different. You know, in a college campus, kids are all in; they're making life-changing, formative decisions. You know, for their major and who they want to marry and and what they want to believe and do afterwards, mm-hmm. right? But in a parish, it's a slow burn. Right? It's gonna that 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 same intensity is not there in terms of a four-year output, right? So we're building lifelong relationships and investing in people in a deep way. So doing their win, build, send model looks a little bit different in a parish. So to come talk to other people who are doing that in a parish, who have had success doing that in a parish, and really just lift each other up in prayer and and hold each other accountable to living that mission that God has given each one of us. So it's um, I've been a few times to that Making Missionary Disciples track, and it's been... Really powerful. And we've had other folks from the Archdiocese who have gone with their parish groups too, and uh, they've they've really been lit on fire just with the passion for evangelization, for sharing the good news, and for just really doing their part and, and kind of discerning where the Lord is calling them and who the Lord is calling them to. It's been really beautiful to see
1: that's exciting to hear. So for those of you here in the St. Louis Archdiocese, please take that to heart. This is not just a a college student event. But anyone who's interested in growing in their faith in Jesus Christ and in their ability to evangelize and to become missionary disciples, you have a training opportunity through this SEEK conference. So I encourage you, visit seek.focus.org to learn more. Brian, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. Blessings on your ministry, my friend.
2: Thanks for having me. Great to be with you.
1: Well, my friends... That does it for us for this special episode of A Walk in the Word. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, which is also available in video format on my YouTube channel. You could find the links on my website, which is HectorMolina.com. And for all those who are planning to attend Seek 23, I can't wait to begin the new year with you as we together... Seek the Lord who calls us. God love you.
0: Join Dr. Sri and Curtis Martin this Lenten season to rediscover the scripture and dive deeply into the one story that truly matters, the story of salvation. Please join us for this online experience that begins January 23rd. This study of scripture will be like no other. Visit focus.org and click on the registration button to sign up. We can't wait to see you there. Thanks for listening friends, for more content from this podcast, click the link in the episode description. Join these podcasters and many others as we encounter Jesus at Seek 23, January the 2nd through the 6th. For more information and to register, visit seek.focus.org.